Cheers. Cheers. Well, here we are. <laughs> Most beautiful Indigenous World Winery with Ryan Widdup. Spokesperson. Spokesperson. Which I want to hear more about that. But first, a toast. A toast. Okay, what are we toasting so, with? In, uh, here at Indigenous World Winery, um, because the his- history of toast isn't really an Indigenous thing, okay. because alcohol came into their culture late, Yes. Um, we had to work to find something. So we say husk spahus. Which, husk. So husk means good or happy or well, and your spahusa is your center, your heart, your being. So, <gasps> so we say husk spahus, which means happy husk. heart or oh. a good oh, being. Oh, I love it. Happy so, heart and good being. We're going to write that down. We're going to put this in the notes, mm-hmm. people. You're going to love it. Mm. Mm. Okay, what's that? Yeah, it's Already off to a good start. 2017 single vineyard Chardonnay. Oh, mm. wow. Mm. And, and so and where are these grapes going? So um, we source our grapes. So we have an estate vineyard here in West Kelowna, but we source our grapes from all over the traditional territory of the Nsilksen people of the Okanagan and Similkameen Valley. So this is Similkameen grown from down in Coston. I love Coston. I, mean, I love Coston uh, too. Yeah. I love, love Chardonnays cool and Rieslings yeah. and Syrahs from down there. Yeah, oh, it's warm. Yum, yum, well, it's, it's hot here today, yeah. but it's hotter there. We're just okay. staying cool here. Yep. Yes, this is lovely out here. Okay, oh so say because we're I've sitting been, on the deck. I've been right saying now. it wrong. Okay. So, say the traditional territory of the in Silksen. In Silksen, I've Silksen. definitely said it wrong for sure. And I've done some openings where I say with the Yoruba, I'm standing on the traditional territory. So Silk is more centrally Okanagan, so Kelowna area. In Silksen is the broader Okanagan Valley. Okay. And the traditional territory of the Silksen people extends almost up to Sycamus into Revelstoke and down south into central Washington. So uh, their people didn't recognize international borders. Yeah, Why would they? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, uh, and so uh, to help, part of our story is to share uh, the land that has nurtured their people for thousands and thousands of years. And yeah. so we're finding grapes from very special vineyards from all oh, throughout their traditional territory. I really love oh, it. Oh, already in great. Goosies. Yeah, I know. It's really, really great. So tell, oh us, my God. tell yes, us about Ryan. your yeah. handsome and whatever. <laughs> I'm already still climbing. I said, I said to Ryan, so t- what's your backstory? I'm handsome and charming and I was born, born that, that way. Born that way and I'll die that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the actual story is I grew up in rural Saskatchewan. Yes. Uh, what part? What part? Vibank. So it's just Where the, is that? southeast of Regina. Okay. Uh, Wascana Creek started in my front yard. What a big river body that runs through Regina. Okay, I'm um, half from Saskatchewan. Half so from my Saskatchewan. dad was born and raised in uh, uh, Need Path, which is, well, it's closer to Swift Current. Swift Current, yeah. yeah. We're, my, I've my, got family out We're there. more northern. My, my parents were in uh, Prince Albert area. Yep. And, but, um, you know, I own a bunny hug. Good for you. Right? Bunny hugger. There's a Saskatchewan. You, term. Wear, you wear a gitch? I, yeah, of course we have a gitch. <laughs> Exactly, it's like gitch, gaunch, yeah. and that's not up the rear gitch. No, uh, that's how you. A, that's how you say. We're getting a little personal okay. here already. All right, okay. I like it. <laughs> All right, so tell us how you came came to this winery and how you became the spokesperson and how do you, and how do you say that? Too? How do you say that term? Oh, can we? Can we? Just, you need everything all at once. Yeah, everything. So you, you drink and I'll talk. So I grew up in rural Saskatchewan. And I moved to Calgary at the age of nineteen. I grew up on a in a dairy farming community, and it was a great place to be from. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot for me there. I moved to Calgary to pursue a, a degree in computer sciences. As you can see, I'm using all of that right yeah, now. I'm uh, seeing the dairy, the computer. 
I, we're uh, connecting the dots well, yeah, already sure. completely. Uh, and so while I was in university, I worked in the hospitality industry for a number of years. And that was how I ended up in Kelowna. How um, does anybody put themselves to university? Well, they don't. Yeah. Unless you have wealthy parents. <laughs> yeah. And so I was working for the Red Robin group in Alberta when they closed their stores down. And so they transferred me and my roommates to Kelowna to take over the store here. <gasps> so I had never been to Kelowna until the day I was driving the U-Haul truck through Seriously? the Rocky Mountains to pull into And what Valley. year was that? That was December of 2003. Okay. It was minus 16 when we left Calgary. It was zero degrees when we ended up in Kelowna yep. on that fateful Friday night. Our friend came to help us unload our U-Haul and he was wearing two bunny hugs. Yes. Warm. That's, know, a, was, that's a hoodie for everybody yeah, else from, who's listening. Yeah, Gatchman term. Yeah. Uh, and he was freezing and we were peeling off layers of clothing because we couldn't believe how warm it was. Yeah. Right? Amazing. Good, good decision. At the time, I was a beer drinker. So if you're from Saskatchewan, you drink Pilsner. That's what I drank. And so I lasted with the franchise for another year and a half before I decided to move on and moved into the finer dining establishments throughout Cologne area where a beautiful little Italian restaurant used to work in downtown Cologne called Agostino's, mm. which isn't there anymore. But I thought it was important to learn about wine. And so that was where I sort of got into drinking wine. A couple of years down the road after that, I started working at 19 Okanagan Grill and Bar at the uh, Two Eagles Golf Course. Yeah. And a year and a half into that, I took over as the bar leader there. And so I decided I wanted to revamp their entire liquor menu, knowing nothing about liquor or wine or anything. Yeah. And so I called as many agents and wineries and beer providers and liquor providers as I could. And I met with all of them uh, and really started to gain an understanding of, of what it is of Okanagan wine. So I turned the wine list there into from sort of a pretty international wine list to uh, 100% Okanagan wine list. Congrats. Or I wouldn't say 100%, it was 95% Okanagan. Yeah. yeah. And grew it from 300 and something in the province to one of the top 90 wine programs in all of BC for BC wines. Wow, sales. congratulations. And well through all of have that... Have you always been an overachiever? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> and through all of that, I really, I began to uh, get an interest in the other side of the table and started looking for a, a wine job. The restaurant industry had sort of ran its course with me and I wanted to be on the other side of the table. And I applied for a number of jobs, but the owners of the winery here, Robert and Bernice Louis, are were avid golfers, still are avid golfers. And so they had been coming in to 19 for... Well, Which is well, is a well-known well restaurant, restaurant out here. Yes. yes. I had been coming in for years. So I knew their kids when they were six and eight years old. They're, well, they're adults now. And so when they began looking... For for somebody, uh, I met with their general manager at the time, and I asked, who's doing your sales? What's going on? Well, we don't have one right now, but it should be great if someone like you came along. And I said, well, I'm right here. so happens I'm in the market for a job like that. What do you want? So I said, it would take at least this and this and this. And they said, you're hired. Nice. I I have to talk to my wife first. Yeah. uh, (laughs) So I, I met with the Louise about two weeks later. You're hired in February, January 2nd, 2016, I came on board and it's been a wine journey ever since. Wow. So yeah, I've been here, we opened the doors here in May, on May 26th, 2016. So I've been here since before we opened the doors. Wow. And okay, back to this, you being the spokesperson. spokesperson. So there's another Ryan involved with the winery. His name is Ryan Wally. So Ryan W and Ryan W, the Ryans of Indigenous World. <laughs> We got this place up and going, and so two years later, Bernice, Louis, and their daughter, Cassina, were given Indigenous names. And so because of what we've done for the family, uh, they wanted to give Ryan and I names as well. So we had a naming ceremony. We had 36 people crammed into our little teepee on a beautiful February day. Yeah. And so Big Ryan 
I'm I'm six feet. For those of you listening at home, I'm six feet tall and 230 pounds, and I am Little Ryan. <laughs> Big Ryan was given the the title Hatus, which is translates to Headman Decision Maker. Yeah. So there's someone who makes decisions, and I was given the name Sochwachotam. Uh, which wow. roughly translates to the talker, as you can see. <laughs> well suited to what I do here. <laughs> Is there, I wonder if there's a female version God, of that. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's our name. Yeah. yeah. God, so somebody, I can't pronounce it. But... Somebody has to make decisions and then someone has to disseminate those decisions and share the ideas and execute it. And so yep. Ryan is the decision maker and I am the spreader of news. Basically. The talker. The talker. Yeah. That's a great story. That yeah. is a great story. So I uh, was given a bottle of your, now the red. He, 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 yes. Yeah. Really good. And so I came down to the winery and uh, I just want to say how I got, how I got, became such a big fan. And of course it was sold out, so, but you had the words then. So I'm like, okay, I'll go with that. Oh, you have to drink that oh, too. Sorry. Well, not, this is different. We're not making your own blends. No. The hee hee talking is what we're most well known for. We'll talk about that a little bit. So okay. the selection of wines I, I, I've, I've brought here sort of tell sort of some of the stories of the Indigenous World Winery. Look um, at these labels. Oh, uh, you guys, we're gonna we're yeah. really gonna show in the show notes the labels. So, yeah. but let's talk about production first. So, okay, okay. Uh, our first wines are made back in 2012, not at the winery here. So while they were building the production building production facility, planting vineyards, our wine making winemaker Jason Parks, who is I don't know quite locally famous for his work with a number of different wineries throughout the Okanagan over the last, I don't know, 20 years. He started making wine for us offsite. So our original vintage, our first vintage, first released in 2016, we were about 3,000 case production. So that would encompass, I think, five, six different wines. Yeah. So very small. But then perspective, this is now four and a half years later, and we're getting close to producing 10,000 cases okay. a year. We just learned about the number of cases. Yeah. 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 Oh, we well, understand when, how... When you tip, when you start tipping over that... Um, that and 10,000 yeah. is a big production. 8,000 is sort of... It's yeah. sort of 5,000, 8,000, 15,000, mm-hmm. 40,000. Those are sort of the magic numbers. Yeah. So we've just sort of... Tipped over the second eight. one. Yep. But mm-hmm. so he, he talked and became the most popular thing we made. And so we, our first vintage was 2013, was released in 2016. So here we're getting a three-year-old blend wine from a brand new winery, which you don't get. New wineries, it's, you get a little bit of red, white the first year, maybe some rosé yeah. that, that winter, and maybe some reds a year or two later. But because the winemaking team has started making wine four years before we opened, we were able to release amazingly well-aged wines. But because mm. they were so well-aged, that first vintage, which was about a... I think a thousand cases didn't last a year no. and we burned through our 2013, 2014, 2015 vintages in under a year and a half. So we stocked out a lot, which is yep. first world problems. Yeah. Like these are, <laughs> this is the best possible problem to have. If you're yeah. Brand yeah. We are out lottery. of wine. We're out of the wines. We're sorry, but that was obviously an indication that what we were doing was, was right. And, yeah. Um, right on. And people have been coming to see us ever since. So, so yeah, that's yeah, a little that's, bit about numbers. That, well, we'll that's talk literally about, how, what was my experience? We'll, oh, we'll no, talk about some names so in a little bit. Yes. Uh, what I've just poured for you gals yes. is our 2018 estate grown muscat. Is that Ooh. what's here? So we have a two and a half acre vineyard on in West Kelowna here. Yeah, it's on the west side of the valley, and the vineyard faces north. It's a neat little pocket here. Most people who've never been here have no idea what you look at when you come in here. But mm-hmm. just so you know, when you pull into the parking lot, this huge, beautiful expanse looking it's north of Lake Okanagan is yeah. amazing. We're yeah. looking towards Grey Monk and and Arrow Leaf and all those guys in Lake Country. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it's uh, this was a natural gully. There was about four hundred dump trucks of fill were put onto this site to build it up enough that we. 
what the winery it is, but the wa- the vineyard sit, sits down in the little gully below us. Oh. And so because we're on the west side of the valley being cooler and because the vineyard faces north, the opposite direction, the best vineyards face, we had to choose an aromatic white wine to grow there. So Muscat was the natural So let's fit. talk about Muscat for okay. a second because sure. we've not in the whole number of things we've done. We haven't drank a lot of Muscat. We've and a lot of Pinot Gris, a lot of Chardonnay. First, first time I tried a Muscat, I was, uh, we'd, well, okay, this is not good, but I landed in San Francisco. I was heading to Sonoma because I was doing some work there and we you stopped. Talk, I'm going to drink. I just say this. We stopped. Okay, don't quote me on this. This may have actually happened to get a rope pop. And um, I bought two small little Muscats in a 7-Eleven and <laughs> it was like... It was like eating cotton candy. It was so sweet, right? Yeah. So my thought about Muscat for the longest time was like, mm. holy shit, that's sweet. But it's not at all. This is not so cotton let's, candy. Let's talk about Muscat because yeah. this is a bit of a passion of mine. Um, so Muscat, they think, is the first wine grape. So all wine grapes are the children of Muscat. So they being whoever they are. Chardonnay, Merlot, Cab Sauv. Uh, so they are the children. the children of Muscat. So wine, gra- wine grapes originated in Kazakhstan hotbed of wine grape growing i'm sure we all know that (laughs) and migrated west of the mountains to the middle east along the way a number of different the noble what do you call it varietals we like to learn some you know good terminology we're we're not even close to being sommeliers but we we know we've we've learned a few things yes yeah the only way to to know is to try and that's practice and that's that's the best experience yes Okay. Best teacher's experience. Yeah. Okay. So there are over 200 kinds of muscat out oh, there. Okay. okay. It's it's ideally suited for cooler climates. Oh. Um, so if you go to the East Coast, if you gals ever get a chance and go to, say, Benjamin Bridge or go to Nova Scotia, the wine growing region there, or you're in Ontario or we Quebec should. or New York or Pennsylvania or Ohio, you'll find lots of weird hybrids, but you'll also find a lot of muscat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so most people when they hear muscat think muscato because that Maybe is the most sorry. famous kind of muscat there is. Okay. Uh, and that is made generally from muscat canelli or white muscat. Okay, but there are lots of other kinds of muscat, and they all are fairly similar in that they're grapey flavored. We grow three different California clones, so orange muscat, which doubles a table grape. So when you go to the grocery store, you find green grapes and black grapes and purple grapes. Sometimes you find muscat grapes. That's orange muscat. Okay. Okay. It's a table wine or table grape and a wine grape. Hmm. Okay. We also grow muscat autonel, which technically isn't muscat they call it muscat and we grow something called muscat of hamburg or black muscat which is a black skinned muscat which is most well known for some of the rosés in california and so that's what we grow here okay. um, but you, you go to you go to the maritimes or the east coast there's you know 15 20 30 40 50 kinds of muscat wow. that they grow out there as well who knew jeez louise i have I no knew. idea uh, this is why of we're course, talking. This is why we're, we're talking. To okay. We're here to learn. And so we do ours as a sort of aperitif style wine. So yep. really trying to enhance those floral notes, lots of citrus. I like to think of this wine as an aperitif. So it's the it's like that cocktail before g- dinner. That it's unfortunate gin, that their gin gin restaurant tonic. is closed because it's the perfect. I, I could just taste yeah. a charcuterie with this baby. That's right exactly here. right. So yeah. <laughs> we picked Muscat for a couple of reasons. So I already mentioned where we are. Yeah. Uh, number two is upstairs. Our huge wraparound deck on our on our 
wine tasting room uh, had been a food service area for a number of years, and the idea there was always going to be a tapas style outdoor mm-hmm. sort of cafe. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Charcuterie, and yeah. nothing goes better charcuterie than muscat. It cut the acid, the cut through the meat. It's great with cheeses. It's and light and refreshing. We should not have come on Tuesday. That's all I'm thinking right That's now. Okay. Yeah. Here to- now, <laughs> just as a point, I'd always thought a, re- a really good riesling is good for rieslings are great too for beginning. Like an auto they, they sure are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They sure. Are. Yeah. All right. So, and so and aromatic I know you guys points. Have a very good because it sold out too, isn't it? So our riesling. We just released our first riesling last month. Oh, okay. Oh, Gewurztraminer is the one you're thinking. Yes, Gewurztraminer. Okay, yeah, we sold out of our Gewurztraminer currently. Uh, new vintage comes soon. Yeah, and the third reason is so our winemaker, we Jason Parks, we talked about a little bit before. He started his winemaking career at an organic winery, Hanley Deep Creek. And so he still likes to use as many organic winemaking practices as possible. Yeah, without having the... We don't, we don't, we're not certified organic. We're not certified grapes. We don't. It's not a certified organic winery. Yeah. But there are some tips and tricks that are inexpensive because organic winery is really, it's inexpensive is the high idea, right? It's natural. And so when you're fermenting your grapes, so Muscat is almost always the first grapes get harvested so when you're fermenting other grapes not it doesn't always go great and sometimes your wines need some help and so when you add the leaves from the muscat after it's done fermenting that can help fix or fix some things or or help things go the right direction when they're going the wrong direction so it's a great organic winemaking tool that's what a couple couple of the winemakers we've done this podcast with have said that you know winemaking is an ongoing moving project a moving target and you're always adjust it's an adjustment it's an adjustment it's an adjustment it's chemistry and it's and it's art art. it's like it's there's a real new one it's like sourdough bread it is however most winemakers say 90% of the work is done in the vineyard they can they can only do so much with the fruit that they get mm-hmm. and so where how it's grown all the work the farmers do who are the least talks about people in this whole industry mm-hmm. and they deserve the most credit because they do 90 percent. well you just said 90 percent of the good wine comes is the grapes yeah, they get grapes in the vineyard yeah you're right Winemakers, nobody talks about the farmers i know and they should or being a the- farm boy i'm here to promote <laughs> <the> farmers exactly <laughs> yeah or the pickers or you know uh, yeah right i mean I came into this industry thinking it's going to be, you know, it's glorious. It's fancy dinners and everything's romance, but right. really it's just farming. It's, yeah. it's a little and, sexier than farming. Uh, I mean, I think winemaking yeah, like is sexier than you're still wearing rubber boots and getting dirty. Yeah, and true. It's still stinky. And yeah. like, it's, it's not, it's not, if you talk to uh, Sherry Lee and Curtis Cozell up at 50th Parallel, that's their last yeah. name. They, they call it glamour farming. See? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Well, let's talk about COVID because sure. you know, oh, and then we I want to talk about labels because okay. I just think the labels are exciting. Okay. okay. First, let's let's talk about the, you know, the year of sanitizer. Really. Okay. So, how what what is ha- what happened here for you guys when COVID came and the world kind of shut down and. Yeah. How did it impact you personally and your team here and the winery, of course? Yeah. yeah. So when COVID hit, it's the slowest time of year or very close to the slowest time of year for us. So yeah. it didn't impact so much the traffic we had coming in. So a number of things have happened. So number one, everybody got terrified and began stocking up for the end of the world. Yes. And so what that generally meant was that you were buying 
as much as you could with as little money as you had. So that really pushed people to value brands, alternate packaged products, so bag in the boxes and things that you know you could get a lot of and go. And so that impacted a lot of the wineries around here in a negative way because we're premium brands. We aren't competing at that ten dollar yeah. price point generally. Yep. And so that took away from a little bit of our sales. Liquor stores are way busier, but generally speaking the wineries didn't see a lot of positive on the retail side of it also happened was when the restaurants all had to shut down there's a lot of wineries especially smaller boutique wineries that are doing small production you know the one to two to three to five thousand case production they rely heavily on restaurants to sell their product through thanks for listening to the live revolution happy hour with linda and beth if you like our show or want to know more about our programs and publications that we are currently working on check out our websites or join us on facebook at the alive revolution or email us with any questions or comments info at the and that uh, impacted them pretty significantly yeah. so yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot more wine out there at this time of year than there generally is okay. so that's going to impact I, I believe it will impact the market especially on the retail side when you go to your liquor store is like on sale or? there's going to be a lot of sales which is not that's not good for that's not really good for the businesses yeah. but yeah. at the same point in time you have inventory and you got to move it and you right. got to pay your bills so you do whatever you can and can so mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me like restaurants i, I I believe we're going to see a lot of restaurants fold by the end of the year. I suspected before this all happened about 20%. Yeah. And that's sort of the number I've heard float around there. It wouldn't surprise me if a number of wineries don't make it through the next year or two and they sort of get absorbed by some of the larger guys out there, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like, I think that's a good thing for the industry. Our wine industry is very young and I, we've had a lot of wineries pop up, like 20, I think. Well, I think, around. isn't there like about 300 now in, well, yeah, in the kind of the Okanagan Valley? or something 200 about 20 new wineries a year pop up wow and it's hard to it's hard to be have a consistent quality when you've got that many new things on the go we need that we need all these wineries to sort of figure out what we do well yeah and to plant things and get the production facilities and and bring the talent in from around the world to us but at the end of the day a bunch of small wineries you can't compete on a world stage when because it's economy of scale and mm-hmm. so, I mean, realistically, our wine industry around here is about 30 years old. If you go that by the BCWI, maybe 40 years. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, California, for example, is a new world wine region. So one of the younger regions, they've been making wine for 250 years there. Yeah. Right. So we're babies, you know. Yeah. Our, our, like our, tadpoles. We're tadpoles. <laughs> what we have planted here is, I believe, one-tenth of what they have in Washington State. Oh. <laughs> wow. So we're, but we're, you're actually we're competing, but you're still competing. Quality wine, which is crazy because, like, you know, like, you know, we the wine, these the wines from the Okanagan are making the world stage. Quality, right? quality wise, we're producing world class wines, yeah. like up and down the valley, throughout the Silmoke mean, even you know, down on the coast. Like we're uh, up in the Thompson Okanagan uh, region, uh, Thompson Valley region. Like amazing, amazing wines, but. No one knows about them because they're right. such small production. It's right. hard to get them. Yeah. It's hard to get known, right? So yeah, yeah. you sort of need these wineries popping up, but you need some of that consolidation of, right. of resources as well, right? So, I mean, it, it's it's very interesting. You, mm-hmm. you think like the Massey Wine Company in Italy probably produces as much wine as all of British Columbia does. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's good. Uh, another reason to go perspective to Italy. Perspective, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, perspective. So when, you, when people ask you, why does Okanagan wine cost so much more? Land here is more expensive brand new industry we just don't have the economy of scale but we got off track we're talking about covid sorry so 
online wine sales were great. Almost every winery we've talked to, people that didn't have websites in place got websites yes. in place. And it did became, you guys have that in place? We had it in place already. So it was just like everybody. Club? Your tribe, I saw yep, that. Yeah, we've got a wine club, about 800 members, which is amazing for a new small winery. Yep. What's your wine club called? It's called the Snina Cellars Wine Club. Snina oh. Cellars. On the website, it's called Our Tribe. So Yeah, on our website, you tap. look for our, to- our Tribe. Okay. So we saw a big uptick in online sales. People from all over the country were were clamoring to get our wines. Someone was leaving their house and no one was going to the stores. So we did great that way. And so that kept us busy. And did you do any boxes. extra things special? For like- yeah, we did free shipping for anywhere in BC for three bottles or more and anywhere in Canada for six bottles or more. And is that still in effect? No, we've, we've since kiboshed that. But we ran that right up until June. Okay. Yeah, as things sort of opened up again, yep. we people were able to access things a little more readily. So we. So you are doing tour, it. you're doing wine tastings, obviously, because there's lots of people yeah. upstairs. Is it by reservation? Is it... Can first you... come, first serve. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so we are doing wine tastings differently than a lot of other people. Because so lots of people you, you can't get into and without a reservation yeah. or you have to whatever. So we identified, we had this giant patio that we had food service on, but would work great as a social socially distance wine tasting yeah, sort of setup. So we have yeah. eight, 12 different uh, wine tasting stations out, out, all outside. Okay. So when it's rainy, it's not a good scene around here. Yeah. But how often do we get rain in the Okanagan? Yeah, not right. very often. Not lately. Uh, not lately. No. Well, in June, it was a bit It was wet. a bit dicey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so what we are doing is the old method of what doing wine tastings. In some places, they're still doing it. The smaller places is you get a glass, someone pours you some wine, yes. they tell you a story, they move on to the next group, they pour them some wine, and they tell you a story, which is great. But in the summertime especially, it's really hard to get people through like there's big lineups and waits and that is not socially responsible with covid yeah so we adopted the flight method where we it's like when you go to a brewery yeah. order your five beers they pour them in the glasses you get it they has a little information card about the different beers you enjoy your convenience we're doing the same thing so Ooh, I yeah, like it. when your group comes in everybody gets a flight everybody gets a flight we pick them you drink them uh, that's what we say. Uh, we change what the tasting menu is once a month. So there's always something new. So you always have a reason to come back every month and visit us and see our smiling faces. I like it. But it lets us be socially distanced. It lets you take your time as much or as little as you want. Some people want to stay for 20 minutes, half an hour, and enjoy the view while they're sipping their wine. Mm-hmm. Some people just want to get to the next winery and, you know, they've only got one to do wine tasting. They're in a hurry. It lets them do that as well. So oh. we our flow through is is much more efficient and we don't actually need as many staff which is great yeah. so our circle at the winery is smaller so and we all wear masks we we started manufacturing hand sanitizer as well uh, we'll talk about the distillery at the end here so we manufacture our own hand sanitizer so we, we're doing everything we can to make sure everybody can come and enjoy themselves but stay with stay safe yeah uh, but and still enjoy themselves yeah perfect and so what is was there any real um negative COVID like it sounds like you adapted you flipped you you know that's the sound of a bottle of wine opening yeah that was a <laughs> sparkling wine it's a fuzzy Ooh. wine fuzzy wine See, that's when I thought sorry uh, negatives. I mean, our our sales were still down, so that wasn't good. Uh, we aren't seeing Color. the you know the U.S. tourist dollars that we kind of right. we sort of I wouldn't say rely on, but is certainly a part Thank of what you. we do around yep. here. Yep. 
Um, yeah, so as I said, there's there's more wine. We have more wine in stock and bottle this year waiting to go out than we have had in years past. Um, so hopefully we can just move through it. And we've had to adjust production a little bit because of that. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel a little bit more for the estate wine companies or wineries out there where they they have all this fruit and they're either gonna have to sell some of it or they're gonna have to do they have to do something with it. Uh, and they're gonna end up you know, it's going to take them longer to move through their product. Yeah. Like the wage subsidies certainly helped us out a lot. That's uh, great. That was great. Yeah. Uh, I, I very much commend what the Canadian government did to, you know, keep people, keep the economy flowing as best as it could. Well, mm-hmm. and calm. And calm. I mean, I know we've, yeah, we've been very lucky here in yes. BC. You know, everybody's, I think, under the circumstances with an unknown situation, no one knows how to handle it. Uh, I think that little bit extra caution that we took here in British Columbia has been great. I don't like seeing some of the negative reactions in the community to people from other province like Alberta or yeah. Saskatchewan. Like yeah. that's, that is not positive. I mean, yeah. especially here in the Okanagan, we're reliant on tourist dollars and mm-hmm. we should not the whole be- provinces. The whole provinces, but well, especially here in the Okanagan, I don't think that's the way to treat people. And I think people have maybe in the fear of what's going on lost sight of that but i can understand their point of view is that you know they're trying to stay safe as well so it's yeah it's, i know it's, but it's it's a delicate I, balance it, it, it is a delicate, delicate balance and you're right i you know it's not i mean it's hard to you know unless you're actually moving like you're coming from a hot hot whatever care center you know most people are moving around inter you know in their provinces so coming you know if i if i go to vancouver island what's the difference between that and going across to Calgary, you know, it's still an eight hour move, which is what we're doing anyways, yeah. right? So I, I hear you. I, I think we just have to, I That's think- That's a very good point. I think we have to, um, you know, this COVID thing is here for a bit. It's not disappearing. And I think we need to learn to live with it and just be smart with how we move around. Yeah, and it's do like do, anything, right? right? You have to be and respectful. Have some, yeah, and, empathy and, and compassion. I mean, just dial in the skill set we were born with. And uh, you know, as, as everybody that? said, but kindness and compassion and empathy and just—I thought it was going to be common sense, which, as you know, is not common that sense com- is not not that common. Rare sense. All right, what what is this? <laughs> Speaking rare of uncommon, so what is this beautiful bubbly thing? Okay, so now we get into the hard to pronounce named wines. We're going to drink the rest. Okay. Of the oh God. Okay. Okay. So uh, a little bit. We'll talk about names first. So I am Sofua Kaltam. Uh, um, so part of the concept of Indigenous World Winery was to share a small amount of the. Culture with the world. So we we are not by any stretch of the imagination a museum. We're not here to teach you all about Okanagan silks culture, but mm-hmm. it is a part of our ownership group and what we do here. Right. Yes. And so one of the things we've tried to do is a little language preservation and a little bit of the imagery. So we are drinking Huenem Huenem. Huenem Huenem. So Huenem Huenem was the name that was best- one of the names bestowed on Casina Louis, who is the oldest of the Louis daughters. Okay. Uh, she's not Casina Louis anymore. Um, so she was a very busy little child, like very busy little girl. Yeah. And she was like a hummingbird flitting around. And so they gave her the name Hummingbird. She actually has two names. Her second name is Hooksquee which is the flowering part of a rosehip bush. So 
our sparkling wines. We started producing sparkling wines in 2017, and it, our sparkling wines are homage to the women in the in the family. So uh, we have Very two, nice. and we'll have a third sparkling wine. I like it already. Women I like family. everything about this wine. Oh, look at it. it's a hummingbird. It's a hummingbird on the label with a little rose hip. You see a little? It's flying towards yes, a little rose hip. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. look, it's beautiful. So and we, every one of their, by the way, every one of every one of their labels is different. Uh, I wouldn't say everyone. No? We have, I want to say, seven different labels that we use. Okay. Yeah. Wow. They're just stunning, the artwork. And and it just begs you to ask, what What's does that, that mean? mean? Exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. And that Which we is want, kind we of what you want. That question. Yeah. So we do have a little bit of information on our back labels. We're one of the few wineries, I think, that changes our tasting notes on our back labels every year. So for those of you at home, if you don't know what the wine tastes like, read the back label. Our our descriptors actually change every year. They're Which very, you think they should because they kind of change every it's year. It's a lot of work to do that, but they should change every year. Yeah. And uh, it makes total yeah, sense because we really go fun, by vintages. We're really like, oh, that's the 2017 or that's it. We know that every vintage has a different. It does. So it makes sense. It would have a different. Absolutely. Label. Absolutely. Huh. So this is made from this 2019 vintage. This is made from our state grown Muscat as well. This is the first time we use our Muscat on on site or our state vineyard for making Hmm. sparkling with. It is amazing. It so is this amazing. was made in a Chermette tank, so like Prosecco, so tank fermented, oh. <laughs> but rather than adding a dosage, so which means you're adding a sugary mixture with a mm. secondary yeast, it we, is delicious. we fermented it with its natural sugars. So that's each method style of making sparkling. And then we left the leaves suspended, so the yeast cells suspended for four months with an agitator. So it's got this really beautiful brioche, bready, yeasty oh. character. It's like traditional like it style. It is delicious. Yeah. So it's not like anything you've ever had. Could it is a little, yeah, a little sweeter than our uh, than our still muscat, but it turned out so good. I think we're gonna be doing this every year. Oh God, you should. It's it's really good. So it's when you say so, so like a prosecco or something. Yeah. That's because so it's not so bubbly. Like so it's half bubbly. Is no, it? Because it's not. It's just, so so. There are, I don't know, let's call it four different ways of making sparkling wine. There's only three that are really popular. So two of them are bottle fermented. So champagne, which is traditional method or method traditional, and then ancient method. So both of them, the ferment secondary fermentation happens in a bottle. So you get wine, make wine in a bottle, then you add a dosage and a second yeast, and you ferment, and that's where the bubbles come from in the bottle. Whereas Charmat method is you make a wine, you put it in a tank, and then you add dosage and yeast, and... The, the whole tank eat, is... The whole tank is... So, Prosecco, the carbonation is more consistent bottle to bottle to bottle to bottle because it's all the same batch. Whereas right. every bottle, you know, a microgram of yeast more or less in your yeah, bottle yeah, yeah. changes how, how it'll ferment a little bit. Right. So, it's more consistent. The bubbles aren't as fine when you do Charmette method. So, you know... And so, what is... What method is this one? So, it's a little bit of... Mostly Charmette with a little bit of ancient. So, ancient okay. just means... Ancient method was... Well, this is one of my favorite stories. So ancient method refers to using the natural sugars when you add the yeast and the carbonation gets captured from the original fermentation. It's not a secondary fermentation, it's original fermentation. So this used to happen accidentally. So you would get a bottle of wine and it wouldn't be filtered properly. The yeast would stay in the wine bottle and it would start to ferment again. But because the wine bottle was sealed, the fermentation, the carbon dioxide would get absorbed into the wine. So when you opened it, the wine would be fizzy. Mm-hmm. So this was first, uh, one of the first times this was discovered was by a Benedictine monk. Mm. 
It was name. it wasn't when Jesus turned water no, into wine. No, no. <laughs> it wasn't like the 1700s. Okay. He, he was a blind Benedictine monk in France. I can't think of his name. Anyway, he he tried he opened a bottle of wine and it was fermented. It accidentally fermented. It was sparkling, but he didn't know it. So when he went to sip it, all of a sudden it was fizzy, and it was so delicious. He called some of the other monks over and said, "Come quickly! I'm I'm drinking the stars." Oh, I love it. Yeah. Drinking the stars. Oh, let's drink that. Let's drink to that. <laughs> drinking the, drink the stars. It would be the best line the whole oh, freaking podcast series. God. Hmm. <laughs> I'm drinking the stars. That's See, it's like I, I got into bread making, you know, during COVID. And so, and the guy that I learned, you know, my YouTube instructor, Patrick Ryan, he said, all good things come from fermentation. See, Me so this and my is favorite what, things do. That's for right? sure. <laughs> Beer, wine, bread. Yeah. What All more do things. you need? Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Maybe a little cheese. Okay. You want to ask another question? What? What? Are you, well, I actually, I keep getting you off. No, no, no. I, oh, I, we're not off. We we I have these are guys. So the, one of our oh, favorite one of our favorite questions to ask because we ask everybody this question. Yeah. Because wine is speaking such of a, drinking stars. Yes. Because wine is such a, it, it is well those of us that love it have a romantic idea about it that's why we tour for it you know we aren't really going bakery to bakery to bakery but people go winery to winery you can go on a butter tart trail in yeah you in could, you're right I've you can never <laughs> you could go on a pierogi uh trail okay, from saskatchewan i withdraw my comment <laughs> but because wine is such a romantic <laughs> such a romantic um beverage uh we ask everybody so where is your personally where's your best where's the best bottle of wine you ever had and it could be the, just the experience of wine or the, the best, best bottle of wine I ever had. Or a really damn good one. Oh, man. I've had some good ones. You know, and we've, so I'll tell you we've this. heard I'll, some good stories, you I'll, know, like I'll Naked, Dock of the Bay, you know, <laughs> Italy with the Pope. Like, come on. We, we, I don't. We, mine isn't that cool. So <laughs> this is my favorite wine story. So preface this. It's a Chardonnay story. So for those of you out here who don't like Chardonnay, oh, I love Chardonnays. Pay attention to this, okay? Because this is how it happened. So you're right. Chardonnay when I was writing, when lab. I was writing wine lists for nineteen, I could not like Chardonnay. Chardonnays and Pinot Noirs were the hardest wines for me to wrap my head around. And there's beers that are like that for me too. So um, farmhouse ales are like that for me. Saisons were like that for me. I just, I couldn't wrap my head around them. And, and so many people had said like, you just have to keep trying them eventually, eventually. I was yeah. like, I don't believe you. I just can't like Chardonnay. So this goes back to probably 2008. A great guy who uh, worked in the industry, he lived in Penticton, a, name, a, name, a man by the name of Phil Olson, who's unfortunately no longer with us. He, he was a, he was a great, he was sort of my mentor in learning how to like wine. He, he, he represented, um, treasury wine brands, which is Behringer and, uh, Wolf Glass and, and, uh, Penfolds. So some of the biggest wine brands in the yeah. world. And so he lived in Penticton. So whenever he did a trip North, when he was coming home, he would always stop in at the restaurant and sit down at the bar at, at 
2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon and pour his leftover samples for me. He's like, Ryan, try this. Ryan, try this. Ryan, try this. That's a good friend. He's like, that it is was a- amazing. <laughs> we amazing. do not have any friends like that. Amazing. Why is that? Amazing man. Amazing man. And so I got an opportunity because of my position at the restaurant to go to Vancouver once for uh, a portfolio tasting. So it was every, pretty much every wine in the treasury wine brand portfolio. And there are phenomenal brands in there. Like Etude and uh, Stag's Leap and like just some amazing brands. So I went and I was trying wines and I got to the California section and try the Chardonnay. No, try the Chardonnay. No, try the Chardonnay. No, not try the Chardonnay. No, I'm like, I'm telling you, I just can't like Chardonnay. I can't like it. I got to the Behringer table and there was a 2006 private reserve Chardonnay. I will never forget this. They poured it for me. And they they throw terms around like buttery, oaky, slutty is a word oh, used yes. to describe oh, oh, big, buttery, kind of oaky <laughs> Chardonnay. And I was like, oh, no, not another one. And I tried it and I was like, oh, it's like butterscotch and Werther's and pineapple and baked apples. I like this. And it was like a light switch went off. I get Chardonnay. <laughs> I understand when people say oaky Chardonnay, what they like about it. I get it. I cannot believe how good this is. And I asked for a second. I had never asked for a second of Chardonnay of any time ever. <laughs> and I get it. And so that began my love affair with Chardonnay. With, 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 with oaky, with oaky buttery, buttery, sturdy, slutty Chardonnay. Yes, I, slept, I, I slept with that one uh, and that was it. <laughs> I might even call it skanky. You know? yeah. yeah. Oh, it was, it was, that, that, to me, that was one of the most memorable wine moments I've had in my entire life. See, mm. that's interesting because it's such a mind shift for, right? When you but were... that is actually a really, it's actually a very helpful story. It's not just a good story, but it's actually helpful to people who think, I don't like Chardonnay. Yeah. You just have, it's like, the, you have it's like, one. You, you just, it's you like, have to try it's like someone, 50, I don't like, you know, I'll never be married. You no, just Behringer's haven't met the right California, person, right? Behringer's California. Yeah. And not all Chardonnays. So here's the thing people don't understand about Chardonnay. Chardonnays are a winemaker grape. They're a very malleable grape. Has this pandemic taken its toll on your relationship? There's nothing quite as revealing as being quarantined with your family to find out where the cracks lie. Even the best of relationships can become tested in trying times. I'm Beth Anishewski and I'm proud to bring you the COVID Love Course, a free week-long course designed to help you reset your relationship. Visit MindsetCoaching.com to sign up. If they're grown in hot conditions, they're tropical mango, pineapple, fruit. If they're grown in cool conditions, like northern, like East Kelowna, they're like, you know, apples and pears. They're grown in moderate conditions, it's sort of citrusy, lemon and lime. And then they're malleable, so you can oak age them or you cannot oak age them. You can malolactic fermentation and make them round and rich or you cannot. You can, there's, you know, 300 different yeast they use for Chardonnays that give them different flavors. So it's... A Chardonnay is the winemaker's personality. This is what I uh-huh. like. It's that is Chardonnay is the expression yeah, of a winemaker. It's the ultimate expression of a winemaker. Very close. And so, but every Chardonnay is different. So you have to go try all of them to figure out what it is you <laughs> like. And then the next year they're all going to be different. So you have to go try them all again. Do you it's hear that, everybody? Terrible hard We're work. We're just going it's to terrible, it's hard, work. hard work. This is our mission. Should you choose to accept it? Okay. Uh, okay. Now all of that said, we're moving on to red. Yes. And, and so then, what is the um, easiest grape to grow that you make that you know of? It depends on climate, right? Oh, so okay. there isn't an easy grape to grow. For growing grapes at home, 
reds are easier to make if you're making your own home stuff, their own homegrown grapes, because when you can add oak chips and all sorts of fun things to it, and it can cover up a lot of things. White wines are harder to make because they show the flaws a little bit more. Uh -huh. There isn't really any no grapes are easy. Pinot Noir is the hardest. They call it the heartbreak grape because it could be ideal on Wednesday morning. And if you go to pick it Wednesday afternoon, it's already, because of the heat of the day, it's already ruined it. Right? It's wow. and, and everybody's Pinot Noirs. They're different I every year. I that in the movie Sideways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's hard, it's hard, and it's true. Pinot Noir is the hardest. It's one of the hardest to grow. Huh. But yeah, white's generally a little more forgiving for growing. Reds, because reds need a little more heat generally to ripen properly, especially Merlots and right. Cabernets and That's the reason we grow a lot of them south of here. Right. Exactly. That's why it's all grown sort of south, Penticton south, where you find a little bit of Pinot Noir it. around here, a little bit of Merlot. But and so do you, you're, you said your uh, vineyards are yeah. all across your territory. So then you also have vineyards in Washington. And we don't. So don't. just in British Columbia, because okay. we're a Canadian winery, we don't want to go get into the international wine thing because that's that becomes probably So even though and the territory is international, you keep B, it in yeah, BC. Yeah, we're still BC, BQA. So you, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, got it. Okay, what okay. do we what do we got here in there? Hee Telkin. Okay, let's talk about a second fun name to say. Hee Telkin is named after the owner's son, Trenton. So he was 15 when they started building mm. the winery in 2013. He helped plant the vineyard. The following That's year started smooth. working in the uh, production mm -hmm. facility. And so when we opened up in 2016, we needed a name for our blends. And like every other winery, we had our own proprietary name for our blends. So Trenton, when he was a young guy, he's a very shy, a, a beautiful, beautiful person, but very shy. And so he was very close with one of the elders in the, in the West Bank band here. And, and one day she had a dream that she was up in the mountains, in the high mountains, she saw this beautiful, majestic stag. Uh, as soon as it saw her, it ran away, and she knew immediately that was Trenton. That's who Trenton is. So think of like Bambi's dad, the king of the forest. It's right. one of those mythical BCC up in the high country that you see once in a lifetime, takes your breath away, and never you never see again. So he yeah. and Telkin literally translate to elusive high country stag with large antlers. And that was huh. Trenton's name. And because Trenton works down in the wine shop, or in the winery, sorry, in the production, uh, when we opened the winery in 2016, we named the blend after him to honor him for his efforts in, in the winemaking team. Oh. So he's in his 20s now. Learning the craft. Learning the craft. Yeah. And so the label has a stag standing on its hind legs uh, in front of an old-fashioned wine press looking off to the side, so for guidance from our winemakers. So that the label represents Trenton learning how to make wine. Cool. Oh. One day, when and if he becomes a winemaker here or starts making the wine, the stag on the bottle will then turn to face you to signify that he is now looking towards the future and it's taking over the making of the wine. Oh, they already, you already have the label in the Wow. Yeah. yeah. That is Isn't that really cool? cool. I had heard that story. Yeah. And I asked that's, about the wine. that's everybody's favorite story here. It's the people who have been here before bring their friends in. And, yeah, it's a, tell the story about the stag. Before you even get the first wine poured. Tell the story about the stag. Tell us the, he, he tells Let's the story. start with the wine. So, <laughs> yeah. Mm, beautiful mm, story. Mm. It's a beautiful story. It's yeah. a great. Very good. Yes. This makes me want to have like dinner now. Right? I'm ready for dinner. We do a red and a white with the same name. Yeah. Uh, so always blends. The white is always a light Gewurztraminer uh, dominant blend, but dry. So you love the Gewurztraminer probably because it's dry. It's not the syrupy sweet yes. cell yes. Gewurztraminer that yeah. you find lots of other places. But very the, aromatic. Very aromatic. Yeah. Absolutely. So more sort of old world style. Yeah. The red is always a Cabernet Merlot blend of some some shape uh, but they're meant to be the approachable style wine so they're what we're most well known for because they're the every occasion wine yes. they're 
Tuesday to Monday to Sunday wines. Have them on Tuesday with spaghetti or Friday with your friends or Sunday when you're in the garden or shoveling the driveway, depending on what part of the- It's a gardening wine. Yeah. Hey, there exactly. you go. Linda's a big gardener. Yeah. I'm not a big gardener. I like to I eat garden last night food, but I don't, uh, yeah, not a big gardener. Hey, more um, questions. Yeah. Okay. We're getting down to our favorite questions, but before we get to the, the big question that we always ask. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want people to know that are listening today about how to I know come here, held, shop you've, here? You've held events here before? We have had have you, held have, events have here. Have you totally yeah. wrapped those up for this year? Or have yeah, we aren't with small? COVID. We haven't done anything this year. So I'll talk a couple a couple little things. So yeah. Wine Club is one of the most flexible and easiest wine clubs in all of the Okanagan. You're on the hook for two shipments of six bottles of wine a year. Hmm. You pick them. We don't pick them. There are no, no categories. You don't get the stuff we're trying to slough off on our wine club members. You pick it, we send it. Oh, I like that. However, Ooh, that we a are club. a smaller production winery with lots of little boutique wines, so the selections change all the time. Yeah. But we do hold stuff for our members. There's no cost for membership. Shipping in BC is free. It's nominal throughout the rest of Canada, except Ontario. Asterisk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, Ontario. Uh, so little asterisk for you. Sorry, sorry, Niagara region. Yeah. yeah, sorry about that. They're not not sorry that we're not shipping wine into Ontario. Yep. Number two, we have a distillery, and we've been producing. Oh yes, whiskey. I don't see any whiskey three, on the table, no, but you don't. Uh, for the last three years, whiskey is an input-intensive business. And it takes a lot of time and a lot mm. of a lot of inputs. And it takes a long time before it's ready. A lot of finagling. So we decided this year that we'd start producing some clear spirits to okay. generate a little bit of income. Yeah. And help get the brand out there and getting ready for the whiskey. So we have eight barrels, nine barrels that turned three years old this year. At the closer to Christmas, we're planning on releasing a single barrel release and a distillers blend. So like a whiskey or a gin or a whiskey? Okay. Just whiskey. So a single barrel whiskey and then a distiller's blend. We have already now a vodka that came out in April. Okay. And it is made 50% wheat and 50% malted barley. Uh, it just got a bronze medal at the International Wine Ooh. and Spirits Competition. It is gluten-free, 100% gluten-free. It See, is a rich, viscous for vodka. For celiac or others yeah, that exactly. just don't want the gluten. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Almost no Would you say you said too. rich, viscous? Viscous. Which, what's that? Like, uh, like think oil. Like oil, okay, like okay. a little bit thicker okay it's gotcha. not, Sorry. not, yes, not yes, very light yes, water right viscous with sort of notes of like coffee and cocoa there's no there's no added flavors but it does because we use malted barley so roasted barley it does have a roasty toasty bit of a character gotcha. to it so absolutely delicious sipping vodka sipping and vodka then, not a mixing vodka you could do either or do but it's definitely a sipping vodka okay and then today we were bottling gin i was gonna say i'm more of a gin barley Gin. Okay. Uh, and so that should be in market in the next two weeks. Cool. Ooh. Well, congrats yeah, on that. So that's super great. That is exciting. Yeah. Uh, what and of course, you have your, you're now in, you have, because you have the distillery, you have hand sanitizer. We, we yeah, we made our own hand sanitizer throughout. And do you sell that as well? We have been, we, production of it is pretty much ended uh, as everybody else has sort of shifted into the yeah. hand sanitizer making mode. So um, there is still some available, but we, we've gotten away from it. So Okay. Focusing more on the gin and vodka. So that's really exciting. So if you come to the wine shop and you ask, you can have a taste of the vodka. Gin will be coming soon. And then next spring, we're planning on opening a spirits tasting bar. So a cocktail wine Clearly bar. Clearly, we have to come back. Clearly. Yeah, you're going to have to come back. Yeah. We have to do the Alive Revolution Encore yeah, next summer. Spirits Edition. Spirits, spirits Edition. edition. Yeah. And yes. so that, that line is called Indig Indigenous World Spirits. 
Oh, love it. And it's the packaging is the story of the four food chiefs of the Okanagan, which is every child's favorite story about other people. Aww. Yeah. And if someone wanted to see that story or read that, is that online anywhere? That we don't have it published on our site, but if you go, if you look up the four food chiefs of the Okanagan, okay, uh, there's a really great rendition of it from Incomeep Cultural Center yep. down yep. in Asoyas. Yep. Okay. Because it's because it's an oral culture, an oral tradition. Yep. Everybody tells the story a little bit different, so there's the details change from telling to telling, uh, but the main characters are the same. Okay. So we wanted to show that story. That's the cool. the restaurant That's Spirit cool. Ridge is named after the four food chiefs. The the is it the root the fish no bear the fish the root the berry is what it's called. Okay. So. Bear the fish the root the, the berry. Mmm. Yeah. Okay. So good. Okay. Uh, and then last thing, I would get killed if I didn't say this, but oh, we don't want that. We don't want a death. Years, we have won after the International Wine and Spirits Competition Awards that we just got this week. We're up to now 115 national and international awards for our wines. Holy spirits! Oh, 100. Congratulations! You've only been open four years. Yeah. Everybody, do the math on that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Pretty good. Yeah. What what uh, cabinet is that all hanging in? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, we need to start building bigger cabinets. Yeah. Okay, so well, you deserve it. Last question. Do you want to ask the last question? Yeah. So because Beth and I, for the last number, both of us are speakers and trainers and writers and bloggers, but um, and now podcasters. Yeah. We have this whole little thing that we have been talking about for years about you know we don't want people to be fine anymore. No, actually, right we, now most people are not fine. They're, they're when not they're on good. holidays and they're here, they're fine. But, um, you know, a lot of people are exhausted and they're just trying to figure it out if they got kids going into school, whatever. We want people to feel more alive. And so what do you do for yourself? Uh, that What makes you feel the, the most alive? Oh. I know it's a big question. Sorry, we have to end on big. Yeah, We're in yeah, big red. You couldn't give me a little yeah. advance. Oh, they're going to ask we, this. So I can oh, get no it. way. I really you, you guys, well. You've got to give us the, the heavy red. Okay, because oh, yeah, yeah. this the is the heavy question for the heavy red. Yeah, found it. Can I put it into this glass? Because I feel like we sure, should. Yeah. yeah. So we'll talk, we'll talk about the, this wine while I think about yes. my answer. So okay. this is Simu. It's Simu. Simu. So this is our flagship wine. Okay. The most awarded thing we make. How do you spell this? Fantastic. S I M O. So Simu Simu is chief or ex chief Robert Louis traditional silk name. It's uh, his name. It's his traditional name. Yes. And this is the most what wine? Our flagship. Their flagship. Wine. So they're big. Flagship. They're big, beautiful red. Um, and it's got a moon. And is that an owl or? An so eagle? what you see on that's, here? That's the same as this, same right? As this. Oh, this is, right. This is called a snina. 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 Which is roughly an owl. Okay. So the image that you see, our company logo, and what you see on the Simu bottle uh, comes from a painting that was given to Robert and Bernice Louis by a local artist when they got married. Oh. And so Robert's name Simu means connected to the land. So there's some dual meaning. Love all dual this. meaning in the wine in that and the indigenous people are very connected to the land. When we think of indigenous people, we think of nature and we think of respect for, for the land and for Mother Nature. But that's what terroir is in wine. And in its most romantic sense, wine is an expression of a time and a place. So the place is the best the best vineyard sites in the world. You can taste where they're from. You can taste where Kunawara in Australia is from. You can taste Bordeaux in France. You can taste, the second you try one of their wines, you know where it's from because you can taste the land. And then vintage, because we talked about earlier, it changes every year what 
what the weather, what the what wow. temperature, what everything was As like. As you would say, holy shit balls. Holy shit balls, yeah, that's good. Holy shit balls. That's the time. So this is an every wow. bottle is an expression of a time and a place. And so we're trying to express the Okanagan wow. today and the land that has nurtured the people for thousands of years. So that's what Simu is our attempt. It's, it's our big Bordeaux style blend. Um, so this is Merlot, this vintage, it changes again every year. So mm. Merlot, Cap Sauv and Cap Franc, wow. 44 months, all French oak. Uh, and then it's been in a bottle for a year. This is 2015 vintage. If, oh. if you remember, we opened in 2016. I feel like we should put a steak on the barbecue or something. Like just, okay, this is, the okay year, people, this is from the year before we Go to opened. the website and order this. This is a treat for Labor Day weekend. Yeah. This is a beautiful whole, my God, good red. Just my, holy shit balls. That's all we can say. Good. Yeah. I, I've only said that twice, this time and one other winery. Well, I said that about walking into their new building. When holy shit balls, this is nice. This is really good. Yeah. We wow. hadn't even tasted the wine. So this is the first holy shit ball wine. Great. Well, cheers to that. Cheers, cheers to, to that. that. I have a bonus question. I was, when we say we, so we don't have an answer to the first one yet. Oh, oh yeah. Do you have what, your answer? Do you what, need more time? What, what makes me feel alive? alive. Yes. yes. What makes me feel alive? You can get as deeper as... So, I I am a humor guy. I like... I didn't wasn't picking that humor. up at no, all. No, we didn't get no. that. I'm, I, I, I like a laugh, right? I, I enjoy anything that makes me laugh. I'm a big... I, I watch a ton of stand-up comedy. A ton of stand-up comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I quite like blue humor, so dirty, raunchy, like depressing stuff. Cause I'm a very positive person. Like, like who? Anthony Jesselneck, Lewis Black. British guy that's really just so, that did the- um, Dark? The, glo- the globe, not the globes, the golden globes. Ricky At, Gervais? Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais. Is, that, is that too light for you? I, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, press, I just like how he snarky, he likes that. I, and I, I just like to laugh, right? So okay. I enjoy- Snarky. Every, every, like I find, I find so many things funny. Um, Life is too short to not enjoy yourself. I've always said that, I mean, we, we're only on this earth for a, a, a small amount of time in the grand scheme of things. And if you're not happy doing what you're doing, stop Get, fucking doing it. Stop go fucking do, doing go it. Go do what stop fucking doing. you need to be happy. That is the most important thing. It's not things, if things make you happy, then that's fine. Whatever makes you happy, but you need to be happy. We need to bring Brian or on our next, I, you know, keynote road Oh, I grew up. Did nice you catch. see that? Save she just <laughs> almost down. Jump this. That's a and I, I saved it. And she saved it like a cat. Like a cat. Almost. Not even a drop. Almost with her cleavage. Not with a drop. Sorry. It's okay. But I grew up in rural Saskatchewan with nothing. So mm-hmm. you learn to enjoy the little things in life. You learn to enjoy the sunset or the breeze off the lake or the flower or the the new house plant so back to what makes you new... feel alive i mean i'm laughing just laughing lips are laughing just laughing just so it so i would assume that then you get you surround yourself your friends your family with people that also like to laugh i'm captain positivity yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you have a cape no <laughs> captain we... positivity doesn't fly he floats <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Jeez. See now, I don't want to ask my bonus question because that's almost like the perfect thing to that's end on. That's the perfect thing to end on. Yeah, but I, I'm going to ask it anyways, just because of the. I'm asking we can edit it. bonus coverage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, we're also in the. You know, 2020 has been 
pretty significant for lots of things and and also for lots of movements. So there's been lots of, you know, Black Lives Matters and people have been talking about uh, oppression of people and, you know, obviously lots from the United States. But, you know, obviously Canada has our own history with Indigenous people. Um, being at this winery, I feel like we should ask, you know, what could... Canada learn or do better or so we, what do you want we, to say about I know you said this is not really the re, you know no, no this is oh, this is a great question and I'll fit in so I had never thought about this until just this moment but we have an expression here so I had never worked at a winery before our general manager worked at the hatch for a year before he came here our bookkeeper had never worked at a winery before big our, Ryan big Ryan yeah our owners had never owned a winery before so we learn lessons daily okay daily and you can't dwell on the past. You have to just learn from your mistakes and move forward. So the expression we have jokingly around here is moving forward. So moving forward, we're not gonna do that anymore. <laughs> 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 how, how, however, if there is anything I've learned from the two chiefs or the two Louis, Clarence Louis down in Asayas and Robert Louis here is yeah. you can't dwell on the past. And um, when they speak to their people, they they are adamant that you can't rely on anyone else to fix your problems for you. You need to take control of the situation for yourself, take ownership of the, the situation, and get moving forward. You can't worry about what's in the past. You can learn from it. That's the best, that's the only thing you can do for your past. If you dwell on it, you're stuck. You're not going anywhere. It's so a learn from your past. And it's positive to see... Uh, the. I mean... I wouldn't say the Trudeau government's been amazing about this, but at least they've addressed it, that they were moving forward. They're trying to make amends and they're trying to move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but the indigenous people of North America have been downtrodden. I mean, 90% of the population was wiped out by the early 1900s. Yep. These people have had almost everything taken away from them, their culture, their land, everything. Um, so, and where I came from in Saskatchewan, Indigenous people don't have, didn't have a great reputation. My father moved in with us from uh, Regina two and a half years ago, and I live on, on the reserve in, in West Kelowna, and like down the street from the cultural center that they have, the resource center, and he was amazed to see the diversity of culture we have in the province and how positive the community is. Yeah. And it's it's enlightening and it's it's positive but you don't realize how much more work there is to do and there is just as much in canada it's not so much black racism but there is a huge amount of indigenous racism Mm -hmm. which which is why i asked the question does not take in like i don't think people really understand how rough these cultures and communities have had it Mm -hmm. and so have some compassion think about what you're doing think about what you're saying do what you can and if this just brings some awareness to it to make you just think about it then we're already moving forward and that's all I want to see is that we're moving forward right moving forward let's be a little better okay last year's thank you Ryan ladies the good heart happy heart thank you cheers to that Awesome interview.